Has the COVID-19 crisis impacted the Asian economy and what can the region's policymakers do to advance economic recovery? In this podcast, ADBI Research Fellow John Byrne addresses these fundamental questions, describing new research that underscores the importance of building longer-term resilience and sustainability in Asia and possible ways forward. The discussion draws upon his new co-edited book, COVID-19 Impacts and Policy Options on Asian Perspective, the inaugural entry in the ADBI series on Asian and Pacific Sustainable Development. Hi, John. Welcome to Asia's Developing Future. To start things off, can you give us an overview of COVID-19's impact on the macroeconomy in the Asian region? During 2020, the pandemic abruptly reduced economic activity, not only in Asia, but also globally. Consumption and investment declined due to domestic lockdowns and the global recession. The collapse in global trade also weighed on regional output. Economic growth in 2020 contracted in developing Asia overall by around 0.1%, according to Asian Development Bank estimates. This was the first contraction in output recorded for the region in six decades. Across the Asian region, East Asian economies suffered somewhat less, which was related to aggressive testing and contact tracing, which helped to contain domestic outbreaks, as well as being able to avoid strict lockdowns. Inflation was largely contained overall, with depressed demand broadly balancing inflationary supply-side disruptions. While the lockdowns introduced in many countries and across borders helped to fight against the spread of the virus, there were substantial negative economic repercussions, underpinned by high uncertainty plus weak consumer and business sentiment. Moving into 2021, exports began to recover as the pandemic became more contained with supply chains repairing, while economic activity and growth was also supported by the rollout of vaccines. Can you elaborate on some of the channels through which the region has been negatively affected by the pandemic? The pandemic shock during 2020 reduced economic activity on the supply side, with lockdowns and infections reducing the productivity of firms. Disrupted global supply chains also lowered exports. In addition, the lockdown and containment measures imposed negatively affected domestic demand with lower consumption and retail sales. Tourism-related revenue streams were also hit hard, which was linked to pandemic-related international travel restrictions. For relatively poorer countries, lower economic resilience to the pandemic may have been related to higher economic costs of containment measures, the reliance on the informal sector in Asia, which is a key source of income for a large share of the population, was also sharply affected due to lockdowns. In addition, financial markets in the region faced some turbulence at the onset of the pandemic, with high uncertainty contributing to substantial capital outflows, although these later recovered. What does Asia's economic outlook look like, bearing in mind continued COVID-19 challenges? Economic growth for 2021 is forecasted to expand by 7.1% by the ADB in its September 2021 Asian Development Outlook update for developing Asia as a whole, albeit with some cross-country heterogeneity. Many developing Asian economies have been able to capitalize on rising global demand during 2021, particularly from advanced economies. These developments have also been underpinned by effective fiscal and monetary policy responses to the pandemic in the region, which also helped to stabilize financial markets. However, some economies continue to face difficulties in this respect due to a slow deployment of the vaccine and renewed waves of COVID-19 infections. 
What is the post-pandemic outlook for Asia's business sector, especially micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises, given their importance to the regional economy? The outlook for MSMEs post-pandemic is very positive, with firms' own business models also more resilient and flexible. And this is also related to the accelerated adoption of digital solutions by firms in the face of lockdown and social distancing constraints, as well as other working-from-home arrangements where possible. I think that important lessons have been learned on the type of support needed for MSMEs during negative shocks such as the pandemic. In particular, support for MSMEs needs to be appropriately targeted to enable an effective reallocation of resources aimed at safeguarding and enhancing long-term corporate health. What kind of economic policy targeting would be most helpful for small firms in the region based on experiences during the COVID-19 crisis? At the onset of the pandemic, support for firms was rather untargeted. Given the prevailing scarcity of resources, support for MSMEs should be directed toward those that are economically viable. This can take the form of easing access to financing, debt restructuring, equity infusions by the government, and subsidized credit or guarantees. Such a course of action would enable the most productive use of resources, while corporate repair should also aim to build synergies with a broader economic recovery agenda that centers on green investment and digitalization. How about the impact of the pandemic on households in Asia? Can you talk some about that? One of the chapters in the book examines the impact of COVID-19 on households in eight ASEAN countries and its impact for human capital development, including an extensive analysis of gender impacts. In all countries, having at least one person who lost their job or had reduced working hours increased the likelihood of a household experiencing financial difficulties. In addition, female-led households were much more negatively affected than male-led households as regards financial difficulties. It was also found that over one quarter of children who stopped attending school due to the pandemic could not fully participate in online learning programs due to weak or insufficient internet connections and a lack of digital devices, which points to the need for increased infrastructure investment in this area. What economic policy lessons can be drawn from the COVID-19 difficulties faced by Asian households more broadly speaking? For vulnerable households, the COVID-19 episode has shown that social security protection needs to be bolstered in order to provide an appropriate shock absorber to the negative economic effects of the pandemic and limit the effect of unemployment. Crucially, this should also be related to enhancements to digital financial services infrastructure that would permit digital transfers. Can you talk about the acceleration of digitalization due to COVID-19 and how it has impacted the region's economies? One of the positives that emerged from the pandemic is the surge in digitalization. In the case of Asia, the structural shift digitalization has been ongoing for the past decade or so, particularly in the area of digital payment systems. The region is therefore well-placed to embrace an acceleration in digitalized processes. Automation and the use of robots in place of manual labor have been brought more to the fore due to the pandemic. Overall, the surge in digitalization in the region has been a key aspect underpinning the survival of many firms in the region. In addition, it has improved the competitiveness outlook for the region as a whole over the longer term. What about the challenges digitalization poses after the pandemic? While digitalization was a crucial mechanism for navigating through the economic downturn, there can be some negative consequences for labor markets, at least in the short to medium term. 
Although automation both displaces and creates jobs, there is also danger that accelerated technological change would increase income inequality between high and low-skilled workers, with low-skilled workers in labor-intensive sectors experiencing lower relative wages and even unemployment. Harnessing the economic gains from digitalization may also be challenging due to factors related to digital infrastructure, connectivity, as well as digital education. With appropriate investment in these areas, longer-term productive capacities will be enhanced along with a positive growth outlook. Finally, it is also vital for further efforts by policymakers to tackle the digital divide through appropriate investment in digital education and training so that lower skilled and less educated workers are not left behind. Promoting investment in information and communication technology infrastructure is also a key policy ingredient. What more can governments in Asia do to enhance post-pandemic economic recovery moving forward? While the pre-pandemic fiscal prudence of Asia and the Pacific created fiscal space, the unprecedented fiscal stimulus packages introduced due to the pandemic may threaten the sustainability of sovereign debt. Fiscal reforms, particularly on taxes, as well as public debt restructuring, may be necessary. National authorities should also be wary about the financial stability risks posed by a possible buildup of non-performing loans and corporate debt, particularly foreign currency-denominated debt. The post-pandemic recovery should be underpinned by green investment and a greener recovery aimed at enhancing longer-term economic sustainability and resilience. What's your suggested approach for this? COVID-19 macroeconomic policy responses need to take the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as the focal point so that economic growth objectives can be achieved in a sustainable, inclusive and balanced manner. This should also include policies aimed at promoting a more efficient use of natural resources and reduce environmental risks. Moreover, further advances in technological development and automation, which surged due to COVID-19, while creating both opportunities and challenges for policymakers in achieving macroeconomic policy objectives, will be important factors driving productivity and competitiveness in the long term. In addition, regional and international cooperation is vital for sustainable economic repair and recovery. Such coordination is crucial to support the economic recovery on issues related to public debt restructuring, including relief for vulnerable and poor countries and repairing supply chains. As well as that, greater efforts on cross-country coordination and cooperation are needed to develop preventative approaches for other infectious diseases and viruses, including based on surveillance and early warning systems. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.